everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Root of All Ashley. I am your host with the most as always, Ashley Majestic. And I don't have anything clever to say as an opening intro once again because of who I am as a person. And with me is my co-host, uh, what's his face again? Uh, we're going to call him Adriana. Adriana, say hello to everybody. We've been friends for so many years and you still forget my name. It's a Monday, I will forgive you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I put my brain like short-circuited and for some reason I wanted to call you Adria because that's my manager's name and <laughs> so I'm like, no, it's not Adria. It's what, what was it? Adriana. That's what we're going to go with. And my manager, I also, I will accidentally call her Adrian and she just looks at me. I'm like, no, without the end. And she's like, you're correct. I was like, yes. All right. <laughs> just adding an extra letter there. So, but uh, yeah, doing good. Feeling good. Uh, I actually came with a topic prepared today. But before we get to that, you know, how's your day? How's life going for you for the last week? Life in Castle Walker is not all that bad, thank heavens. It's the same old cut and paste for me, which is a good thing. Everything is nice and comfortable and peaceful and, you know, no one rocks the boat in a castle. It's myself surrounded by a moat with alligators nobody gets in. Other than that, yeah, life is pretty good. Nice, nice. Well, speaking of life and being good, which is not the most common thing with the year 2022 in the state of this world, but we're going to talk about something. Um, nothing serious. No, I mean, it could get serious. It could turn into the, you know, the typical chaotic bullshit. We never know. Um, as this podcast um, definitely represents, we have no idea what the fuck we're doing. But I kind of came up with, because it just kind of started happening for me a few days ago. But talking about habits, either they're good habits, bad habits, I kind of want to just discuss the entirety of like, we can talk about things we've given up uh, because of our health, because it's bad for us. We just stopped doing just because we stopped or habits we've taken up, whether they're bad or good, you know, just having, you know, a conversation about that. And I'm going to kind of start, you know, by asking you, like with a habit, what's you know, off the top of your head, what's a habit or habits that you've kind of stopped just because they weren't they weren't good for you, for your health or your mental health? Okay. Now, this one is interesting because in my teens, I used to just eat a whole bunch of junk because my metabolism is so high, <clears throat> I can eat whatever and I can work it off, jog it off, do whatever it is. And then um, when I had my son, um, myself and my former, we used to eat McDonald's at two o'clock in the morning, watch a movie, we get bored, and she'd look at me and she would go, okay, you buy, I fly, or I buy, you fly. And we just get burgers, fries, apple pie, stuff like that, but we work out so much, it wouldn't really affect us. And then as time went on, fast forward years later, I believe a year ago, a little over a year and a half ago, I was laying down to sleep, and all of a sudden I woke up gagging and choking and gagging and choking to the point where I couldn't catch my breath. And I was literally, for the first time in a very long time, I was afraid that I was gonna choke to death, I was gonna die. And after a while, I calmed my body down and you know cleaned up and everything, and it never hit me where it came from. Then it happened three days later. In dead sleep, I sat up gagging because acid reflux hit me. And I found out weeks later that I ate all this junk before I went to bed, not thinking, letting my body digest everything. So I would eat 
a crap ton of chips at one in the morning, go to sleep at two, my body's not fully digested, I wake up gagging. You know, so I had to retrain my body, I had to stop eating garbage. And if I did eat garbage, I couldn't eat past 8 p.m. That was my new discipline. I had to stop eating at exactly 8 p.m. because I would go to bed a couple hours later, give my body a chance to digest everything. And I was so accustomed to eating junk at all hours of the night and really having no effect. And then this happened, it messed me up because you know it was my health. And the last thing I wanna do is pass away in my sleep because some of my family members have done that before. And, you know, I really don't want in my obituary, he died eating Oreo cookies. You know, I no, no, that's just horrible. I, you know, I'd rather, you know, die in an automobile accident or, or in a plane or something. So, but I had to redo everything. So this is why I lost weight. I'm in good shape and I can actually sleep throughout the night without worrying about waking up gagging on non-processed food that hasn't, you know, went through my body properly. Mm, that's interesting. Like for me personally, I'd stop snacking late in the nights as well as also drinking even water during like an hour before because I get up in the night and I either feel like crap or I have to pee a lot. And it's a big thing towards the health about eating late. And of course, right before you go to bed, you just kind of want something to snack on. You want something sugary or chips. You just kind of want to be busy with something. And so that's kind of the habit I gave up myself not long ago. Now, I've never really dealt with acid reflux, um, indigestion, anything like that. I probably dealt with it for the very first time sometime last year. I was in Belize on vacation. And I ate something like nothing super weird or out of the you know range. It's something I've, I've probably eaten several times before, but all of a sudden I felt that you know acidy, like the acid reflux like up in my throat, and it just it just felt horrible. And I've never experienced that before. And Veronica, she says, yeah, that's what that is. It's like oh my god, people deal with this like all the time. She's like, yeah. I was like, oh my god, I've never dealt with this before, and I haven't dealt with that since. It was weird. So. I don't know. I guess I'm weird. Maybe my body's just used to being fat and absorbing everything. And that could be it. But other than that, I mean, I don't, I guess a habit of mine that I, I've started giving up, not to, like a little bit ago, but I still kind of fall back during when I'm super stressed or during my time of the month, which is overeating. And um, actually, I started noticing this towards the end of last year or I got diagnosed with the anxiety and eating disorder and stuff is I was stress eating and that's what's put back on so much weight in the last year is because I have been stress eating and I want to keep eating until my stomach is just in pain because I'm so full and it's just you know I, I know I'm full but I might still have more food on my plate and like no I need to eat all of it I have to eat all of it and I will keep eating until my stomach's like, I will, if you eat one more bite, I will probably blow up and I will still eat that other bite. And I didn't really realize this is what I was doing until I saw a doctor earlier this year. And she said, you know, after diagnosing me with the severe anxiety, she talked about this is an eating disorder where most people think eating disorders is where you're making yourself throw up and whatnot, try not to eat. Well, this is an eating disorder the same, but uh, opposite where I want to keep eating because I'm stressed. So I've been on something that's been kind of helping me, you know, veer off for that, but there's still days I get a little bit stressed out 
uh, as I said, the time of the month or time of the month or I kind of, so I've been trying to dial back on my portions and how much I eat and I'm trying to substitute it instead by drinking more water, drinking something more fluid and maybe chewing gum or I might have like a light snack maybe to kind of curve the appetite, you know, something like cashews, something small. So like just kind of training myself that I don't need to eat so much that I'm just, I need to like break my mentality that that's like my stomach telling my brain what to do. Understandable. Now it's weird for me because I never was at that point to where I ate and ate and ate because I won't lie. There have been times in my life where I had that stress before I had my, my evolution of the way I think. And I never stress ate because I guess growing up in a particular household, not having a lot, what we did get, you know, we savored and we took our time eating because my mom would always tell us, slow down, chew your food, enjoy your food, things like that. So I never rushed. And then when I became on my own, and I had the ability to buy whatever I want, to eat whatever I want. I didn't because that was still that was still instilled in me. And fast forward in my relationships where we would eat, just eat all the time and eat whenever, I was extremely fortunate enough to it never affected my weight. And when I became really stressed, I didn't eat. I would just lose weight because my mind was rushing so fast and with so many quote-unquote problems, I just would forget to eat. So now once I had that balance later on in life and I could eat at two o'clock in the morning and three o'clock in the morning, then the acid reflux kicked back up. And once again, I'd wake up choking and gagging and stuff. So I was very fortunate enough like that to really discipline myself to give up on what I enjoyed to do. And that would be just eating sugary things at two o'clock in the morning, not really thinking about the consequences. All right. Um, sorry, my brain just kind of short-circuited again, like, wait, words. Um, people, <laughs> I, I promise you, I'm not, like, drinking or anything. I'm just working out, and uh, I'm stupid, um, the other part of that. And my brain just kind of goes, well, what? So, like, because I feel like we're veering into health and stuff, and I don't want to necessarily go with that. I would rather we do this on another podcast where we talk more about health, whereas I want to kind of keep this back to our habits now what's a habit of yours that you gave up that you know you didn't intentionally give up that you know it wasn't bad but it just kind of maybe you got bored of it it wasn't interesting to you anymore or whatever the reason it's just something that you used to enjoy doing that you just simply don't do it anymore let's have a bad habit of not answering questions so i have a yeah, I tend to go all around around the block just to touch my elbow. Um, I really gave up video games. So I would stay up all hours of the night playing video games. And I have astigmatism, and I'm nearsighted. And I would sit close to the TV for hours playing video games, you know, just wasting hours doing so. I would go to work, come home, and I would just sit in front of a TV doing that for hours. And I realized I had to give it up because it made my eyes worse. And... I enjoy it, but I just subconsciously stopped because it was really, really getting bad for my health. I don't watch a whole lot of TV. I don't really play a whole lot of video games. I really don't stare at my, my TV screen that much anymore. Either I'm usually on my phone or I'm writing something. More or less writing and doing animation than focusing on TV and video games. What about yourself? 
So, trying to think, well, for me, and this is what kind of brought the point to this podcast that I started thinking about is, for me, it's reading. I've always been a reader. I love to read. And, I mean, I pretty much every other week I have a new book, um, new series. When I was a teenager, uh, where kids, where some kids get allowances for doing chores around the house, my dad, instead of him giving me money, well, I mean, he would give my brother money, but for me, I would rather on Fridays when he got off work or Saturday mornings, he would take me to the local bookstore, which was used to be known as Walden Books before Books A Million bought them out. And he would always take me, depending on the pricing of the books, between two to three books. And I would have them pretty much done before the weekend was over. This goes into being a teenager that I didn't have friends on top of that. And I was a very fast reader to, I just stopped reading books probably, which is around the time he died, like, I'm sorry, when he died. I just kind of stopped enjoying a lot of things and books were one of the things because worth the anxiety. It was the anticipation of not knowing what's going to happen, the idea of starting something new. And I've always thought about this as I really love these books. I love seeing these new books that were coming out that people were talking about, favorite authors of mine that were writing more books. And I just couldn't, like, I would actually buy a couple books and then they're sitting on my bookshelf in my office now that I still haven't touched. And over time, you know, I realized that this is, it was actually Jeffrey that kind of pointed this out to me. He actually looked into it rather than me doing it myself. And he's the one that told me that it's anxiety and this happens a lot when someone passes away that's near and dear to your heart. So last week I was at Target with uh, my friend and there was just a couple books that I've seen floating around on TikTok that always seem interesting that I want to start reading. And I saw them, said, you know what, fuck it, let me grab them. I'm going I'm to start reading. In the last week between going back to the gym and doing other things, I haven't had the chance to do it. And then this past weekend, I was busy with going out with friends. And then yesterday, we I go to Target with my husband and a couple of our friends. And I'm inside Target, I'm left unsupervised, and I kept grabbing books. I grabbed four books, probably. Oh no, I did buy four books. And the trip to Target a week prior, I bought three. So... I bought into buying four books this time. And, you know, my friends were both like, you know what, that's on us. We left you unsupervised. <laughs> How dare they? I walk I walk out and my husband's like, what did you buy? Because he sat in the car. He didn't feel like going into Target. And I said, don't, don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry about it. And then he found out those books. I said, listen, I could be doing drugs. Be doing drugs. But it just seems like it kind of snapped back. That the last few years, I just kind of stopped doing my favorite hobby just obviously due to anxiety but it was just a thing in the back of my head that I always want to start doing again but I could just never summon the motivation to now it's just a click went off in my head about two weeks ago it's like buy all the books and now I'm waiting to read and I'm not gonna have time to read tonight but as of tomorrow I want to start reading this book it's been sitting on my desk and it's like calling me I'm ready to start and I'm afraid to do it where I have maybe an hour before I go to bed because I'm going to get stuck on it and I'm not going to go to bed. I'm not going to get any sleep. So, but that's, that's one habit per se that I kind of gave up just for no parent, like not, you know, but not because it was bad or anything. It just, I just stopped doing it. Now, what is a habit that you, that you always wanted to pick up? I know it's kind of going you know, the opposite of the spectrum, but what, what is a habit you would like to pick up? It, but only if you had time. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, but I would, you know, something maybe coloring. I love to color. That's a, that's a, that's a habit I used to do. That's another thing with books, but a different reason. I just, it's just the simple having the time to do it, but I would like to think of something active. You know, now I'm starting a gym, but that's something different. I would like to think of, I don't know, I don't really have an ideal thing in my head. I would just like to do something, but I'm not creative like drawing, painting, doing something, but I just want to be able to find more things to fill my time than just sitting on my couch watching TikTok because probably for the last almost two years, TikTok has consumed any free time in my life. And by all means, I like watching my stupid stuff on there, but I love TikTok because I watch, I like learning a lot of recipes and cooking things and really good facts. That's what my algorithm is mostly about, is really cool stuff, rather than teenagers dancing and that stupid shit. I don't watch TikTok for that. But it's me discovering new things I'm finding to enjoy. I definitely know at this point I enjoy cooking. I love to cook. I love to see people's reactions to my cooking. And, but it's, so I don't have a necessary idea of what I want to start doing, but I just know I want to start new things and see what kind of sets with me. Hmm, understandable. There's always something I wanted to do, which I don't have time to do, is I want to paint. And I know there's so many different, you know, mediums you can use for painting, but I have zero time to do it. Uh, my my uh, former daughter, stepdaughter, I still call her my daughter, she paints. And she's painted me multiple pictures. And it's beautiful. And I'm an artist, but it all falls back on time. If I can spend one day in my living room just painting and listening to classical music, that would just be heaven. But with the job and you know being a family man, and I have zero time to do anything, so that's something I'd love to get lost into. And hopefully, I guess next year or so, I can do that. So, when you say paint, what what kind of what's your style of painting? Do you just kind of experiment, or is there a specific way, like type of um, style that you like to paint? I like to I like to paint scenery. You know, trees, the sky, just just you know, just nature, pretty much as corny as it sounds. I like to do that more than I like to, you know, to, to paint people. Now, when I draw with my pencils, I can sketch people. I can sketch families, faces, just anything, you name it. But I like to paint scenery, and I wish I had more time to do that. Hey, like, do you have anything right now that you have painted in the past? Not with me. Uh, my former life, that painting is in probably a landfill somewhere. But the only thing I have at this current moment are my books I've been writing. I wrote three books, but I think I need to change it over to artwork now. Hmm, okay. Like, so that's interesting because I, my favorite type of paintings to see is, I mean, I like seeing different types. Uh, I especially love scenery. My favorite is I just like to see how creative people turn things. I don't know the terms for it, but I guess fantasy type of paintings, um, abstract, I just, I guess, it is whatever grabs and calls to me, but I think that's really cool. And that's something I, I guess that's a habit I would love to get into if I ever had the talent or take the time, which would be to draw or paint. I get so jealous when I see certain creators online with how talented they are with drawing. And they, they've shown videos of like how they could draw 10 years ago, which would be like kindergarten level to where they are now, which is where they're making their own comic books. And it is all about, some people are just naturally gifted and some people they do take the time and effort to learn. 
So it's not an excuse that, oh, I'll never do that. No, if I actually sit down and start applying the motivation and put in the work of practicing and doing it, maybe down the road I could actually draw decent things. But I know who I am as a person and I just don't see myself doing that. And but I have this imagination and I wish I could draw. Um, I'm a fast reader and I'm pretty good with coloring. Like I can mix colors. It's, you know, I turn, it's like, oh, it's not like a third grade person coloring. I actually do pretty well where I play with the shades and again, combine colors and stuff and turn. So that's something I like to do. But I do wish I could apply the time to learn how to paint and draw, but I just don't see myself doing that. So that's, that's really cool for you to be able to paint now. Are you like Bob Ross kind of painting or is it more like your style where you use your imagination? I use my imagination mainly. Um, once again, I was fortunate enough because my mom is an artist. So she taught me how to draw and paint and I started just using circles and blocks, you know, to make a human being. And it converted to making eyes, nose, mouth, and you just go from there. I went to comics and now I just start drawing people. And now, you know, next, my next step is just painting scenery. And the good thing is, without going into a long spiel about it, but art is, art is subjective. You know, you don't have to be quote-unquote talented to draw something. Because anything can be art, trust me. Salvador Dali Museum in St. Petersburg, that will tell you that, no, art, is, art can be anything you want it to be. And I think if you put your mind to it, just draw something. Draw something small. You know, draw an eyeball or draw a ball. Just start off small. I went to St. Petersburg back in March for my husband's birthday, and that's where that um, museum is, and Veronica said she really wanted to go. We ended up not having time, and then ever since leaving there, all I hear is about that museum. I hear it get brought up between just random people. You're talking about it. I see it, you know, online, and I'm like, holy crap, I guess I need to go to this place because I can't, you know, it's like life does not want to shut the hell up about it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny that you say that. And, and you're right. I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that art is something that it has to be a masterpiece, it has to be beautiful. It, it is subjective. There's people that have very, like, they make stick figures and they turn them in comics and they're very popular. They have millions of views on Instagram or something. So it's just all about yourself and what you're, like, what you're doing with it and if you're just the proper audience. There's a lot of things to it, but I just don't see myself putting in the time and the work. That, that's just me. I feel like that's just me in another life. It's something in the back of my head I wish I could do, but not enough that I will probably start doing it. It's just a distant dream, kind of like, oh, you know, I wish I can go skydiving, but I have a terrible fear of heights. I'm like, mm, probably not going to do that. So it's just one of those wish, wishful thinking things, but not something I'm very serious about at the same time. Skydiving? No, not for me. It's not... The, the heights I'm concerned about. It's that sudden stop on the ground really bothers me. And I don't really trust a parachute. I really don't trust somebody on my back guiding me down to the earth. No, I think I'll skip on that. I think I'll stick with the artwork. Um, so what is what's your next topic you have for us on this wonderful show of Ashley? Hey, so I guess it's a habit slash quirk. What are, I mean, I, I'll go first on this. Some weird, it could, like some things it's like OCD, it's a quirk, it's a habit but just some weird things that you catch yourself doing, but it's a ritual. Like for example, for me, um, uh, if I go to a bathroom that has a shower curtain and it's closed, I have to open it. 
because for some reason there's like a in my mind there's a killer or someone on their side of it and I don't want them catching me with my pants down and there's <laughs> where every single car I'm in if I'm driving it I have to have the volume at a certain level before I feel comfortable turning off the car my husband's car it's like at four bars for my car it's ten my last car I was a different set of numbers every car I'm in that, that I'll drive it has to have a certain set of numbers or level of the volume before I, if not, I feel so anxious to where if it's my car, my husband's driving right before he turns off, I have to crank the dial down to 10. It has to be that number or else I'm not going to be okay with it. Um, I'm thinking of something else. Um, the curtain that, uh, I mean, there was something else I had in my mind a few minutes ago and I'm trying, I'm trying to just think about it, but I, I just can't. But I mean, if while I'm thinking about, I mean, do you have any weird habits quirks that you just have to do because if not you're going to feel weird the rest of the day absolutely when i'm out to dinner or if i'm just eating anything in general every bite i take now this is going to sound really weird and thank god we never went out to dinner or else it'll really freak you out every time i take a bite of food i have to wipe my mouth no matter if there's anything on my face or not i have my utensils in my left hand and a napkin on my right hand so I would cut a piece of steak, eat, wipe my mouth, take a bite of a burger, eat an egg, just I have to always wipe my mouth. Because once again, it goes back to my quote unquote home training. I was always trained to stay clean, wipe your mouth, you know, be neat, you know, uh, present yourself in a very uh, posh manner. So I would always wipe my mouth after every bite of a food. And I just do it subconsciously now. And thank heavens, only a few people have have seen me do it so that's one of my own little quirks and on top of that as you know i have a really bad stutter so i talk really slow and when i feel myself begin to stutter i have to slow down and i have to, i have to substitute the word that i'm going to stutter on so if i cannot say a certain word i insert the word you know in its place or I say um or er, so I can reset my brain so I won't stutter and stammer my words. See, I'm the same way. I have a speech impediment too where I have a stuttering problem and I talk a little too fast. So I have to say um and think like just right now because my brain is trying to catch up to the movement of my mouth and it just doesn't always click. So I have to slow myself down. Uh, I will come up with words that aren't words it's just blah 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 that comes out of my mouth while I'm supposed to say hey how are you doing today and it's so I'm right there with you where that just happens and I wish it wouldn't because it comes off very weird when I'm at work and I'm supposed to be a serious person that's you know doing a loan for somebody and here I am like mm, what are words what is the English language because <laughs> I have no idea so as I said before at one of my podcasts I did a show on stuttering and speech impediments and if you would have known me well back when I was seven years old I could barely speak a coherent sentence without tripping over my words or getting nervous or sounding like a broken record now fast forward to years later I'm doing a freaking podcast and I'm talking for a living which I never thought I would ever ever do that so it's kind of weird hmm now, here's a, here's a thing for a habit. Uh, words. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> for, so for me, I have to, whenever I close a door, I have to like twist the handle at least once or twice. It's just a simple, first, my brain is like, I want to make sure this handle is going to work and turn if I ever have to escape and go back to the store. Because I have a, because as a kid, I would go into, you know, a babysitter's house or someone's house and I go into a bathroom or to a bedroom and I shut the door and it turns out, oh yeah, that door knob doesn't even work. So it takes like a lot of strength and pressure to get that door back open. And here I am as a child being stuck in a room and no one's in the house to know that I'm in that room. And so that's where it kind of developed where anytime I shut a door behind me, I am even in process of shutting that door, my hand is like twisting on that doorknob or door handle, making sure that sucker's going to fucking work. Or else I'm like, nope, panic. We're panicking right now. <laughs> uh, me, I've I've done the same thing you did. You mentioned the, um, the the shower curtain. I always open up the shower curtain. That that's what I do. Even though I'm a you know, 46 year old grown ass man, I still open up the shower curtain. Yeah, listen, you, you got to be prepared. You know, we all watched that. Um that Hitchcock film, you just don't know if someone's on the other side of it. And I'm just, I'm not, I'm not trying to find out in my most deep state. <laughs> well, I mean, in most horror movies, the black guy dies first. So always have to check just to be sure. Last thing I want to do is be discovered by authorities. And, you know, he was taking a leak and he got stabbed multiple times. Okay, but listen, I'm the woman. So I'm not, I'm not a whore, but I'm not a nerdy virgin either, so I'm basically up for grabs. I'm kind of like the person that dies midway through the film where you kind of think, oh, she might survive, but and then like a minute later, no, knife to the throat. Gosh. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I, I know I would be dead in a horror film because, let's face it, if Jason or Freddy or whoever is like chasing after me and I have to run, I'm like, bro, you're going to mysteriously... Like, I'm going to be running full speed for the 30 seconds that I can. And for some reason, you're going to pop out in front of me because that makes fucking sense. And you're going to stab me anyway. I'll be damned if I spend the last few seconds of my life running and being out of breath. And then I have to die and I have to try to save my breath then to try to not to bleed to death. It's just it's just not going to happen. Um, I'll just have to be like, hey, listen, just make it quick. Make it quick. I mean, let's just get this over with. Um, another habit of mine I just thought about is I have a little night light. Not the night light you plug into a wall. It's the one of those little lights that it puts stars on the ceiling. Now, it's not the galaxy super really cool version, but it's the type that you would have for a little kid. And it was like the last gift my dad got for me. Because I told him for Christmas that's something I would love to have. And that's the one he picked out, and he didn't pick out the one that was, you know, because he didn't know the difference, which I don't, I didn't care. It's cool. It lights up my room, and it, it has, like, stars, and I can turn them different colors. They can go in patterns, et cetera, et cetera, and I like it. It's really cool. And every night, I have to plug it in. I just can't go a night where I don't have that light on, and I will continue to do so until it no longer works, and then when it no longer works, I'm going to try to fucking fix it, and if it not, my entire life will fall apart. But, so, if I have to work the next day, I have to have it on the bluish-purple setting. I think it's more purple than blue, yeah. And the timer has to be at 480 minutes. 
don't ask me why I picked that number, but it has to be 480 minutes before I go to bed. And, and I have to have it on the setting before I go to work the next day. If I don't have work the next day, I don't care what color it's on or what the time is. It has to be ending on an even number, of course, but other than that, I don't care. But that's just like a ritual for me because if it's on a, if I set it for 470 or it's the color green, I feel like my day at work the next day is going to be complete shit. So that's just something it's like, no, it has to be purple, it has to be 480. I work tomorrow, I refuse to accept anything else. <laughs> and see, what's really interesting is as people are listening to this, they're thinking, that's not really a quirk. It's not really something odd because we all do the same silly shit on a day to day basis. You know, just most people are too afraid, you know, to mention it. I mean, when I was a little kid, I was terrified of the dark horrified of the dark because my mother used to work nights and she used to watch all these horror movies with all of us cuddle up in bed and then she would go okay good night and she'd leave the house and i never understood that so i was terrified of every single horror movie in the dark there is now i'm older i love the dark and all my dreams are in the dark and it doesn't bother me anymore strangest thing because i was always terrified under the bed in the closet in the bathroom, lights not working. Yeah, you best believe I've screamed a whole lot for a young kid. So I was, you know, they're probably worried if they, you know, if they got a girl instead of a boy. Oh God, I hated horror movies as a kid. Uh, I still kind of, it depends on which kind. I like my ghost paranormal type of movies. I don't like blood and gore. I'm still definitely afraid and I hate those type of movies because I can't stand those images. But as a kid, you know, the Scream movies coming on or even Jurassic Park, I was terrified of that movie because big scary dinosaur with sharp teeth that, that just ate a person in half. Um, that's not okay for a four or five year old to be into. And I remember still being forced to watch these things because I needed to man up, even though I was like a five, six year old little girl. And because that makes sense. It was mostly because everyone else is okay to watch it, so you should be okay too. If you don't like it put your head under the cover and if i did i got made fun of for being a baby and this is full-grown adults saying this to a child so um but i guess as i got older i i obviously i've watched Jurassic park i've seen all the movies um i can ride roller coasters i can watch horror movies but again i try to stay far away from the blood and gore type ones i just can't it makes me way too queasy but i like my horror stuff i'm a huge baby then by all means, I can't just sit there and be like, oh yeah, this is cool. No, I will sit there terrified and I will hide under a blanket still. I will cover my face because I'm, I love horror movies, but I mean, like scary movies, but holy shit, am I, am I a baby? Um, do you watch horror movies or jump scare type movies? Yes and no. And I'll preface this by saying I agree with you 100%. Being raised on horror movies... The jump scares, not my cup of tea back then, but now I enjoy them. The only thing I don't enjoy is head choppy and limbs ripping and gutting and stuff like that. I can do blood, I can do thriller, but I can't do gross. So say for example, like Halloween, when they're chopping off heads, I can't do that. Give me a suspense movie like The Grudge or The Ring or The Black Phone. I can watch that repeatedly. But anything else gory-wise, I can't do because it's not really worth my energy and I don't want to have nightmares like a kid, you know, freaking out over a headless person or having somebody's arm sawed off. No, I can't do that. I can't do torture porn and I can't do, you know, gory, violent stuff. 
there's three movies where some people are like, oh, it's not that scary. Well, you know what? Fuck you. But these three movies have absolutely terrified me. I will watch them again, but man, these are three movies that stuck to my core that, you know, they just, okay. There is As Above, So Below, The Conjuring, and The Nun. Those three movies have like wrecked me. And I love when I tell someone, they're like, that's not really that scary. And then they'll tell me a movie that terrifies them. And I think, like, for Jeffrey, for example, I believe he told me his his movie was Insidious, um, so one of the, or Sinister. He said that movie terrified him. I remember watching that movie, and I was so bored watching it. So, people have different tastes, and so I don't shame anyone. I'm like, oh, you're such a baby. But I just remember seeing the nun in theaters, because I thought that was a good idea. I'm like, you know, I just want to see it because it looks so cool. And holy shit, that movie just wrecked me. It was terrifying. And of course, The Conjuring as well. I mean, it was a lot of, it was a lot of jump scares, but it had its moments where I was like, what the fuck? And then As Above, So Below. It was a temple, it's your typical documentary type style uh, scary movie. And as most of those movies, it's not scary during the, until the last 30 to 45 minutes. But holy shit, the last 30 minutes of that movie traumatized me. I I was sitting, this is when my husband and I first moved to, to where we, our first apartment together. We had hardly any furniture, so we're sitting on the floor. He wanted the lights to be turned off. He fell asleep, and I was just sitting there like, scared, so scared that I was in tears. And I went to turn on the light, and my husband was like, no, turn it back off. And I'm like, oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. No, 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 sorry. It's like so. I and then there's Annabelle. I've my we are probably for maybe last year. Finally watched it for the first time. And there's a scene where this woman goes to the storage room of the apartment building. And pretty much that entire scene, I stayed under the blanket on the couch. I was like, nope, I'm not watching this. I don't want to do it. My anxiety's to the roof. I don't want to see this. I know something terrifying is about ready to jump out, and something is chasing her. I don't want to see what it is. I took a quick little glimpse, and that was probably one of the, in the top ten biggest regrets of my life. I'm pretty <laughs> sure of it. Well, three movies that really got me is, you know, I will say my former, in my former life, she loved watching gory films and we would rent movies from blockbuster showing my age um also uh, netflix online and we would watch japanese asian horror movies i watched i would watch the thrillers because they focus more on the music and the plot more than the gory she loved the gory stuff there was this movie called audition and long story short for people who are listening Audition is this businessman, very rich, wealthy businessman, and he held auditions. They were not for movies, but they were for relationships. And he auditioned this one young lady who was very shy and timid, warning sign already, and he got together with her. She found out it was just for to be his girlfriend, and then she proceeded to torture him at the end of the movie. I mean, sawing off limbs with a piano wire and poking his eyeballs with needles as she's doing it with a straight face. And I'm like, nope, I'm done. I'm tapping out. I'll go in the other room. Second one was a movie called May. A very disturbed young lady in her 20s 
All she wanted to be was to be loved and have a friend or have a boyfriend. And of course, she was you know, mentally tortured and picked on and stuff like that. All of a sudden, she snaps. And she chops up people to create her own boyfriend in pieces. So I'm like, nope, I'm done with that. And then there was another one called Old Boy, another Asian Japanese thriller, where it was basic head choppy and arm choppy for the whole two and a, for the whole two hours, and I tapped out the first ten minutes. So can't do stuff like that because I don't want to try to fall asleep thinking of arms and limbs. Not my thing. This is why I can't do the Saw movies either. The plot is really good, the story is really good, but I can't do the whole torture porn thing. God, I watched all the Saw movies, and I did a marathon of doing it, too. Um, I was dating a guy, and I, honestly, because he was, like, the really, like, high, way out of my league type of guy, and I was like, I can't baby out on this, and so his idea of spending a weekend with him, I was like, his idea is we're going to movies together. I'm like, yeah, I love these movies. That's great. Be great bonding experience. I love this. Yeah, we're gonna be totally in love next week because I want to do this with you. <laughs> um, yeah, I stopped seeing him like a few days later. <laughs> part of it was because of those movies, and part of it was just he ended up being a complete jerk bot. So, as one is when you don't stay with them. But I, yeah, I watched all of the Saw movies in probably two days, and yeah. Uh, 10 out of 10 would not recommend to anybody. I've seen the VHS movies, uh, not the actual VHS tapes to some of the people that are old enough to know what that is, but it's an actual horror series called VHS where it's documentary-styled snippets. They're probably like 30 minutes long, so it's probably one movie that has maybe three to five uh, VHS tapes in each movie per se, of people that kind of record weird things that happen, horror things. And there's a few that stuck with me. Um, that's, let's see, the first one is, you know, it's two guys, they get a hotel room, they basically, they both find two girls from a bar, and their sole goal is to get them so drunk so they can sleep with them, and, you know, typical douchebag guys. Um, the one, they get back to the hotel room, their one girl, she's like super weird and creepy, and they're just like, okay, we're not gonna, like, we're just gonna three away with this one girl, but she's so drunk, passed out, that there's just no use in doing anything. So they're like, okay, well, she's here, she's creepy, but we're gonna do it. She ended up being like a demon, and probably she got super aggressive, and the guy was like, hell yeah, total fuck yeah, I'm into this. And then she ripped his dick off. Alrighty and- then. <laughs> Yeah, like, so it was like the dick got flipped, like, thrown off and kind of went into the camera that the other guy was holding. And so the guy is screaming, and she throws the one guy back onto the floor. You can't see it, but you just hear a bunch of not pretty sounds, pretty much like someone's being torn apart. And so the other guy takes off running, and this one girl, the demon girl, is, like, chasing after him because she's totally into him. She doesn't want to kill him. She's like, I just really like you. And he's running from her because she's a demon that just ripped a guy's dick off. So as a guy should, he took off. And next thing you know, she sprouts wings and she's flying after him. And you don't really see her, but you can hear the sounds and the shadows. Because again, this is Doc Mary style type of horror. And he 
tries to find people and banging on these bodega windows and stuff trying to get help and people are locking their doors they're not like because he's a guy covered in blood and they're like no fuck this i'm not i'm not i'm not getting involved in this because no it's too late it's too late i'm not dealing with it so next thing you know is the demon girl just comes back and she just looks so sweet and innocent despite her being very demonic and i just Oh, now I remember, she basically grabs him and she takes off flying, and so it's just him screaming, and he drops the camera, and the camera drops, and probably a few seconds later, his dead, his body drops to the ground, so he's dead. There's another one where it's a zombie outbreak to a couple, a guy just biking through the woods, and he runs into these people that are running. It's pretty much like a zombie that comes and bites you, and then it's it just develops more, more and more to where it's a kid's birthday party. Here are these zombies showing up, like, attacking people in a very gory way, and not the typical The Walking Dead or something. It's, like, very vicious. And the one guy, he eventually does get bitten. He was the main focus of it. And it's him calling his girlfriend. And it's and so you can kind of see his face as he's, like, turning into this thing. He's trying to tell her that he loves her or whatever. And she's just like, what are you doing? What kind of joke is this? But as he's turning to a zombie, he drops the phone and he goes on to attack uh, somebody. It's, and there's like a few others where on one hand, it was, it's, I don't like my horror and gore, but the VHS tapes are something of their own league in these type of style movies. It's very, because most documentary style horror scary movies are very boring. There's no excitement to them to the last 30 minutes where you have this, where they have three to five stories per movie, and maybe the first five to 10 minutes, it's okay. And then it's just, then it's just complete chaos. And I enjoy, I so I don't like the gore in itself, but I like the creativity. I like how they come up with these wild things. It's just, you know, pretty much ghost stories or horror stories coming to life and I, I really liked that to where I would probably watch these movies again. Now I would hide under a blanket through a lot of paces, like scenes and stuff, but I would watch them again because they're very interesting to how they were filmed, if that makes sense. No, no, I understand. I mean, you know, there are some found footage films, some quote unquote documentaries are interesting. As long as they have action and a good story, I'm all for it. But if they're gross for the sake of being gross, that doesn't interest me at all. Yeah. So, so now I'm like, well, I wish I could, I would probably recommend this to, you know, to a few friends. I can't write, even say, hey, Adrian, you should watch VHS because I, I'm pretty sure you're not going to watch them. You're, you'll, you'll start getting into it and then it's like, hmm, rip this dick off. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm doing it. But there's like really cool things. Like, you know, the typical stereotypical group of friends that you have the stoner guy you have the jock and the and the slut and then you have the cutesy ootsy virgin nerd girl and i like how they made fun of that and they're going on a vacation in the woods somewhere because it's a camping trip and we're all gonna have sex with each other and so that typical set of them that all horror films do and they start being killed off and it's pretty much just an invisible force you kind of see the out line shape of it it moves very fast and basically the girl that's set up as the nerd virgin girl she very much brought these people here on purpose in the intent of trapping this entity 
because she was there before with her other friends and that thing had killed all of her friends and she managed to get out alive lucky so she's like so the couple get killed and now it's like the stoner or something and she's trying to bait this entity by pretending she wants to sleep with the guy and then she kind of and then she's like yeah i just brought you guys here because i want you know him to kill you guys so i can trap him so you're pretty much just bait and next thing you know she's like so i'm just waiting for him to come find us so i can fuck his life up and next thing you know the guy gets like a stake through the head out of nowhere and she's like yeah you fucker come get me and it's just like this digital invisible type entity that you can't really make out shape other than it kind of looks it has like a human form to it but you can tell it's definitely demonic in its own way and it kind of gets stuck in a trap and it's hard to explain the type of trap that she said and she's too busy bragging with a camera she's like yeah i got you and blah 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 blah, blah. and instead of taking off but so eventually it's able to escape the trap and of course it kills her but it's just again it's just each of these stories that the vhs movie series does is very unique each story it's not something you've really seen before it might kind of start off with the typical stereotypes where you roll your eyes but then it develops into something super fucked up and the last one i want to talk about because i know we need to wrap this up is it's another one it's a cult thing think of it it's this group of college filmmakers and there's this cult that lives in the mountains or something a very religious cult um and they never allow anyone with cameras there because they're like, no, you guys make fun of us. You make us out to be freaks. We don't want that. We don't want that kind of attention. And the, the filmmakers, uh, these college students, pretty much convinced the guy. He says, no, we really just want to understand. We want to see we're very interested. We're not trying to make fun of you. Basically convinces him. And he brings them there. Turns out they're in the middle of a ritual where they're going to be summoning Satan or something. And so weird things are starting to happen. And pretty much the, the, the four or five people are scattered throughout this, you know, campus type place. And the, I remember the one scene is basically that the guy that's in charge, he's talking on the mic and, you know, being the typical cult leader, the one guy that's sitting there with the camera, he's like, oh, dude, what's going on? And the guy's like, if you talk one more time and interrupt me, I'm going to kill you. And the guy is just sitting there freaked out. So I guess a minute later, he's like, oh, I don't understand. So the guy just gets up and stands on, sits on top, like jumps up onto the top of his desk and makes some really weird, like screaming noises, grabs a box cutter and jumps onto this guy and like, you know, slits his throat in a very gruesome way. Oof. And then next thing you know, the other people are, the filmmakers are in, throughout this place. All the other people are in the cult. They start killing each other. They're either committing suicide or they're just killing each other. It's just an all-out, like, they've been possessed. They're not in their own state of their mind, and they're just killing each other. And then they're trying to kill the filmmakers because everyone needs to die here. So the people are running and stuff. This one girl, she ends up being pregnant, and she ends up being, like, going from just finding out she's pregnant to, I'm about ready to give birth in a span of 20 minutes. And, you know, it turns out it's it's a stereotype that one guy's her boyfriend but she slept with the other guy blah 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 blah. so here it comes that she's giving birth and it's a demonic guy or demonic thing it's literally the goat head you know uh version of satan and everything and everyone's pretty much dead at this point this entire campus everyone's dead the only guy that's left alive is the guy that the girl was cheating with and so he's bolting he's 
taking off he and all you hear is this demonic like yelling and screaming in the background like he's being chased by it he gets in the car he's driving and then you hear a big garage crash the car flips he gets out of the car he's like crawling and you can tell he's bloody and stuff and then you just see this big huge goat head like peering over the top of the car in a very innocent like manner it's just like papa and the guy just starts crazy laughing and it's just like what the fuck did i just watch i can mentally visualize that and that is kind of creepy yeah so that's what i mean it's that's what I appreciate over as I, I'm with you. I don't like gore and stuff, but I have an appreciativeness of how unique these movies are. They are terrifying. They will fuck up your brain for a few days. But holy shit, it, they're really good. And the storytelling and just how they get this stuff is just... You, I just never have seen these type of things being remade. And I just am very upset that I don't see many... I've probably never heard of anyone else talking about these movies. And it's just like, you guys, like Jeffrey's seen them with me. Um, because Jeffrey, myself, and two other friends, we used to get high and watch these movies together. Um, like year, years ago. But it's just, I don't know anyone has ever watched these. I'm like, you go out and watch them. And they used to be on Netflix and they're not there anymore. To where I probably is kind of tempted to just buy that series. And when people come over, like, you're watching this now. Actually, I thought <laughs> I was just coming here to do some, like, we're going to go to the beach. No, we're watching this. Or, you know, someone's like, uh, ma'am, I was just here to fix your roof. You're going to watch this movie. <laughs> ma'am, you're watching a movie. Sit down. Well, I mean, if you, if you download an app called Tubi, T-U-B-I, it has classic movies, current movies, and TV shows. It's a free app you put on your TV, and I guarantee you VHS is going to be on there. Hold on. I'm actually mm-hmm. looking on... Uh, no, I want, damn it, VHS <laughs> horror series. Yes. Now, now, why are you looking through that? I will speak briefly on a movie that I saw last night. And it's a movie that's in movie theater, which I got through nefarious means, teehee. Movie called Black Phone. Have you heard of that movie yet? It sounds familiar. Isn't it Black Phone? Isn't it the guy that kidnaps the kid? Yes, it has Ethan Hawke. It's the same director yeah. that did uh, Sinister. And... It is a really good movie. Jump scares, just a few. It's not gory. It's not graphic. You know, it's not graphic. It's a very good story. And yeah, next time I see you, I'll give you a copy of it because it's definitely worth watching. I loved it, and I might watch it again because it has. It's a really good story, and a shot in the uh, late seventies, early early eighties. Okay. Yeah, that's something I actually I've seen pop up around here and there in the mainstream media. Yeah, that's something I probably would watch. Yeah, there's that. And also, look for the trailer called Smile. Now, granted, it will scare the bejesus out of you, but it's a really good film coming out that got, like, perfect reviews. So I'm very curious to watch that also. Now, are you still... You can send me that trailer when we, when we finish this up and we're going to talk about it. But um, I know we're getting to we're pretty much like at the hour mark here. So I know we got to wrap up and because I have to be up super early tomorrow. But, um, you know, we'll start with the plugs. Uh, Majestic Nerd Lady, Instagram, that's it. No ifs, ands, or buts, nowhere else. And Adrian. <laughs> As always, you can find this show plus many other shows on uh, Podbean, walkerac76.podbean.com. That's walkerac76.podbean.com. 
www.podbean.com. We always thank each and every single one of you guys for tuning in to The Root of All Ashley because you never know what you're going to get on this show. You could get humor one moment, sarcasm the other moment, serious topics the other moment. But it's never a dull moment with this show. We hope that you, you know, took it in, enjoyed it, learned something, provoked thought, everything else in between. And of course, as Ashley's looking up to me and see if she can find VHS, does she have any last words for our listeners for, you know, for the week? I'm actually not on Tubi. I went on to Amazon Prime Video and I saw all that. I could just rent it for two bucks. I'm like, just do that. Super cool HD quality. And then I can just return it because I don't have to own it. Um, or I could just buy it for like 10 bucks and then I can own it and just show everyone that ever walks in my house again. So, like, for you, next time you come over, I'm probably going to make you watch VHS. I made you watch Shrek is Love. I'll make you watch this. And I'll make you watch The Black Phone with me. That's no problem. Uh, that, that, but that's not, like, I want to see that. So oh, there's yeah. no really, like, oh, no, I have to watch Black Phone. Oh, oh no. Or have you watched The Grudge or Paranormal Activity or something? I've seen those. Okay, I'll think of something. So you have mm-hmm. a joke? You have a joke for us? <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, I love how in the end we kind of went off the habits and we started talking about horror movies because, you know, I think it'll be a a cool day in hell when we actually stick to one topic for an entirety of an episode. Um, But, yeah, so let me me do my thing here. If there's a king-size mattress and a queen-size mattress, where does the prince sleep? Where? The air mattress. (sighs) Good night, everybody.